Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we are on the uh, Kardashian distraction tour on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Uh, and we've got another stop, right, Bradley? Yeah, so the distraction, with a K, continues. And by that I mean um, uh, there's a lot going on drama-wise around the Kardashians. And uh, I think it's up to Kris Jenner, Kim, and others to keep us from actually paying attention to the problematic situations it finds them in. So let's start with Kim, and that's what I wanted to kick things off with today. Um, I saw a headline over at page six that Kim is visiting a spiritual healer amid Kanye West drama. I want to understand this better. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, which is why I clicked on the story in the first place. Um, apparently she's looking for healing amid the drama surrounding her ex-husband. Does she have the same spiritual healer that Giselle does? Right. Uh, I don't know because I didn't see the actual healer. And, you know, as I was reading the art through the article, and we'll do that. And I'll, t- I'll take you through step by step. I was like, well, this just seems like somebody's trying to get me to pay attention for some reason, other than the fact that Kanye West is single-handedly um, making her life more difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the story from page six. Kim is ready to heal following her divorce from Kanye and his subsequent, quote, erratic behavior. The reality star was spotted visiting a spiritual healer on Tuesday, just days after she called out her ex-husband. Actually, she didn't call out her ex-husband. Yeah. Because if you remember correctly, she did say... Uh, or she called out anti-Semitism mm-hmm. and said, I stand together with the Jewish community and call on the terrible violence and hateful rhetoric towards them to come to an immediate end. But I didn't see Kanye's name. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. anyway, but, but little point, page six, I would take issue with. Anyway, she seemingly tried to stay under the radar during a visit that she, uh, as she used a small black backpack to shield her face. Now, Colleen, here's what I'd like Mm. you to do. Mm -hmm. I would like you to please open the page six article, Kim Visits Spiritual Healer Amid Kanye West Drama. Now, there's a photo initially, then there's a couple photos after, and um, a couple photos after that. And when you look at those photos, uh, tell me you're done. (laughs) Okay, I'm done now. Okay, in that photo, do you see a spiritual healer? No. Mm -mm, No. Now... Uh, you see the photos where she's covering herself? Uh, you're putting that in loose quotes, right? right? Yeah. Yes, I do see she those. minimal makeup and her platinum blonde tresses down in loose waves around uh, or for the outing. She, her therapeutic session, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I don't see any healer there. 
I nope. don't know where she is. I don't even see like a placard that says like that healers says, are us. Come here for spiritual healing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. five dollars, I'll heal you. Uh, here's your sage. Mm-hmm. Right. None of that. So that then says to me, somebody uh, that page six knows that she's at a healer. Well, how do they know that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Probably because that's what the Kardashians want us to believe, because very likely they called the paparazzi and said, Kim's going to be visiting a spiritual healer. Anyway, this is just all window dressing to draw attention away. We just talked about this yesterday. I said, look for Kris Jenner, LLC. To be throwing some low stakes, low key distractions that provide headlines about Kim that don't have to do directly with Kanye. Now, page six makes those inferences. Kim literally, these photos, you guys, of her visiting a spiritual healer are literally just photos of her getting out of a car and then holding a backpack up to her face, but like half, half, half. It's not, it's, she's not, it's like meant to look. I bet she had to do that walk like five times oh, yeah. so, to get the backpack in the right place to make it look like she was kind of trying to hide her face, and but she not hiding her face. She's looking down. Mm. Like, it's all stage. Yeah. And again, I Also, don't... as we learned, sorry to interrupt, but as we learned from the Met Gala, when she actually came in a full body sock that covered her face. Oh, yeah. Even covering her face does not... Disguise yeah, well, her you call identity. The paparazzi to follow you around, and then right. you act like the. Come on, right? I'm not stupid. I mean, I might be on some things, but not where this is concerned. And also, um, again, I don't blame her in the like. I would like to create as much distance between me and Kanye as possible because, you know, I imagine she. I, I just imagine that Chris Jenner LLC is furiously clickety clacking ways to try to remove themselves from this dialogue. I think it's a little too late for that in terms of I don't think she's responsible for the things that Kanye Mm -hmm. says, but I do think she has an obligation as somebody who has used her platform to speak so openly about other things to specifically denounce him claim things. Yeah, Yeah, like it's, you know, and again, I've heard people say perhaps she's, you know, there's like a safety issue here because she does have children with Kanye and. I'm certainly open to that, so I'm not here to tell a woman what she should do in terms of calling out her <sighs> ex-husband. But um, it really just seems like this is so... Also, like, what is the healer going to... I mean, look, I ain't got no truck with healing. Whatever mm-hmm. heals you, that could be a healer, or it could be a pina hagen or it could be a church service, whatever those things it are for you. It could be all three. Yeah, probably not at the same time. That'd be a little weird. But it could. I bet there are some churches that just eat ice cream and talk about, you know, stuff, spiritual healing. Um, so I don't have an issue with that. But like, what are we supposed to think as a result of any of this? Well, yeah. And that well, So if I'm going to read those tea leaves, the Kardashians obviously are trying to without acknowledging what actually, for example, happened yesterday, uh, which was in the headlines, the thing that is so awkward uh it was him showing up at the sketchers uh headquarters, headquarters and then being escorted out etc 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 dot 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 everybody's heard the story is that like this message of like her receiving spiritual healing is supposed to make it look like she's keeping herself clear of all of the stress and what he's the chaos that he's causing, she's being centered, right? Like they're yeah. trying to like paint that picture for us. And I'm not 
buying that picture because I bet I I just she's this is bad. It's bad. Well, I also just think if you really wanted to use your platform because you are in the public eye and you can get paparazzi to show up at a moment's notice for anything that like going to a spiritual healer. Sure. okay, maybe that's going to be a scene on an upcoming episode of the Kardashians and if they cover all, I can't, I just, I can't, I have a hard time with the world right now. Well, that makes me wonder if or how they're going to cover what's happening right now. I don't even want to think about Mm -hmm. it, but yeah, you're absolutely right. But, um, I was going to say, if I had a platform like her, I'd just be like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go give the people who are the target of the hate speech in question, the anti-Semitism coming from Kanye, which has led to, um, and I've you know read news accounts about this increase in anti-Semitism in LA specifically, but like across the country and around the world, and you know, like without going all in, like maybe use your platforms. And I'm not saying it's all, only her. Like we could all right. do more to you know bring attention to anti-Semitism, hate speech, especially all of us who have public platforms. And I think we should. But I also just think like you know. Doing a page six paparazzi stroll. I don't know. Well, yeah. And we're talking about a woman who literally has been kind of as part of her career trying to speak for people who have who or like amplify voices that with the, you know, with the, you know, wrongfully imprisoned. Right. Like, so she's doing this. She's got a podcast about it. And yet she's oddly like selectively mum. Yeah. And I don't think we should probably put all our attention on her. It's not just her responsibility, but you do wonder for someone who's so like public Mm -hmm. about her life. Yeah. That this seems oddly silent. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it seems oddly odd that, that, that while all of this other stuff is going on with the father of her children, Right, that she that she's occupying herself with a paparazzi stroll to make things look a certain way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because you could see a situation where, you know, she came out publicly and said, This is a very difficult time for our family. And, you know, we are I'm not gonna tell her what to do, but um, you know, you could see a scenario wherein yeah. she sort of thwarts a lot of criticism and attention by just talking about, you know, the elephant that's in the room. And saying, like we are actually handling this privately and then actually being private. But for the Kardashians, you know, the show must go on kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what we're seeing. And it's, there is kind of, it makes you feel a little icky. Um, When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, speaking of family drama, the Kardashians are dealing with their own kind of family drama. But we're about to learn about the royal family oh, drama. Oh, the royals, man. They're going to get real dramatical. When we come back, uh, Bradley's going to tell us everything we need to know on My Talk 1071. Well, we're about to get the chance to see the royal drama up close and personal uh, through one royal's eyes. On the Colleen and Bradley show, my talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Uh, and uh, what's going on with that royal drama, Bradley Trainer? Well, uh, Jerry and Andrew. Do you know Prince Jerry? Um, no. Does he know Harry? Uh, no. Harry actually. and Jerry. Uh, but Jerry is actually Harry. I just uh, <laughs> mistyped this when I was writing down the story that I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about today. Prince Harry and Prince Andrew. 
Um, well, their futures are up for debate, at least in the British Parliament. So I saw this story about uh, Harry and Andrew's royal roles being questioned in Parliament. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, because over in the UK, you know, uh, the royal family is part of, you know, the state in and of itself. And so those who are elected or those who are serving in the government might have opinions about them. So in the upper house of the British Parliament, uh, where the lords and ladies are, a member of the House of Lords, Viscount Stansgate, asked on Monday if the government was, quote, happy to continue with the situation where the councils of state and regency powers may be exercised. That was British for? Well, should um, <laughs> should Harry and uh, Andrew really still be a part of this, you know, uh, firm, essentially? Interesting. You know, benefiting from the, the royal... Um, business that they are involved in, right? Because we got words. Anyway, he then called on King Charles to be asked whether a, quote, sensible amendment can be made to the Regency Act, which lays out the arrangements. The Lord Privy Seal, Lord True, replied to Lord Stansgate, (laughs) saying the government will always consider what arrangements are needed. Long story short, you don't need to know what any of this means. It means that it's very likely, and we've talked about this, that Charles is probably going to sideline Harry and Andrew, because their services are no longer needed. Yeah. Harry is not an official, you know, like working member of the royal family. Right. Which was part of the decision that they made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what struck me in this conversation was like, oh, God, poor Harry in the sense that he's getting thrown in there with uh, creepy Andrew, sleazy Andrew, right? Like the reason Andrew's on the outs is because he's not appeared to be entirely truthful, if at all. About his mm-hmm. relationship with a woman who was the victim of one Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. also his late friend mm-hmm. and confidant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he himself also may have engaged. Well, she says she did. Yeah. And then they came to a settlement. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so there's some stuff. So there, there's reason, obviously, that he would not uh, be, you know involved any longer in the royal family's duties the royal duties but i just thought oh poor harry although don't feel too bad for harry because as we've already talked about his royal memoir is going to be published at the beginning of the year january 10th in fact and i know we've talked about it a little bit but when i saw the the press release for it i was like oh this is going to be interesting because for the first time and, you know, everybody's been sort of like doing this dance on in the tabloids and everything. Like, what's Harry going to say? Is Harry going to, you know, if Harry doesn't say all nice things, he's probably going to lose his title and he's going to lose all these privileges. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's this this and I don't even know if that stuff is true. That just seems like a lot of tabloid chatter. Yeah. But you do have to believe that the king is very curious to see what's in this memoir. Well. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the vibe you get when you, is it like the palace is like shaking in their royal boots. Can we get an advanced copy? Yeah, because they want to know, like, what is he going to spill? Um, And, you know, I I think that is a very, I would imagine that this is how anybody feels when in celebrity land, when uh, somebody who they may have had some sort of engagement with at some point in their lives is about to drop a memoir. Um, it's just that this is on a grander scale. And this is 
a family that we've had our eyes on for a really long time. And so to get a different viewpoint of what may have really been going on behind the varnish of what the public sees, the king knows that people are going to want to read this. Uh, and he probably is really scared of what's in there. If you haven't read the the press release for Spare, um, here's just a, a little taste. With its raw, unflinching honesty, Spare is a landmark. And whenever somebody tells me there's raw, unflinching honesty, I'm like, they're probably not really that being, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he's being honest, but I bet it's not as raw and unflinching as you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. I bet it's very heartbreaking and, you know, very uh, poignant. Right? Yeah, and there probably are places where things are rawer than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, raw in the sense of like he's got some emotions, especially mm-hmm. I would imagine, and it brings it up his mother. Uh, anyways, landmark publication full of insight, revelation, self-examination, and hard-won wisdom about the eternal power of love over grief. So, sign oh, January tenth, mm-hmm. January tenth. Get your pre-orders in. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show. Um, we're going to the upper level of Parliament, and we're going to tell you about Lord and Lady Diva after this on My Talk 107.1. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 107.1. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. And uh, we have a name for them. We call them D-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Bradley. Tom Brady's bread. What? His bread? Yeah. Oh, no. What does bread do to not, you? Not his, it's not a synonym for money. It's his bread. Okay. Did you know that he has a bread? Like in stores that I can buy? Well, yeah, actually, you can buy it on Amazon, I think. Really? It's called Hero Bread. Mm. Okay, so here's the thing. Last year, apparently, Hero Bread, a product line launched in 2017, features a sliced white loaf of bread. Uh, containing zero carbs per serving. It has some notable celebrity investors, including Tom Brady, and this past summer, Subway added Hero Bread to the menu. Uh, and Sub Tom Brady said, I'm not the biggest bread guy, but here's a new bread even I can eat. At the time, he was doing the collaboration with Subway last year. I don't know if you know this. Tom Brady's got a very strict diet. Yes. I would say relatable to very few people on planet Earth mm-hmm. because I don't know how many people who look up to Tom Brady are trying to compete at Tom Brady's level. Mm-hmm. This sliced white bread product has zero carbs, zero sugar, 45 calories per slice. Zero flavor, zero fun, zero. <laughs> well, zero. Just kidding. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Is there so, food involved with yeah, this what bread? is it? So here, well, that's the question that I had because... Look, there are, let me make a very clear distinction because I know some people listening are going to have some opinions. If you have dietary restrictions, my conversation is not with you. My conversation is for the average person who thinks they're somehow going to be Tom Brady by eating this bread. (laughs) Oh, that's awkward. That's you're that's not a thing and that's the problem i have with like this sort of like celebrity advertising stuff so i was reading about the bread and i was like okay well tell me about this bread thing uh what is it if it doesn't have any what did i say it doesn't have anything doesn't have any carbs no carbs no no sugar and only 45 calories per slice it does have 45 but 45 calories not much right uh it's made of modified wheat starch which is considered dietary fiber but I don't know. It's not flour. So I guess it's some kind of like flour byproduct, okay. essentially. 
that's been modified. I don't know what that means either. I'm not a food scientist. Um, so that's that's that apparently mimics flour. Okay. When you mix it with some other things. And to be fair, I don't really know or do I care specifically about what's in it. But I'm just like, if you think that you're somehow doing something revolutionary mm-hmm. when you're standing at the the counter at Subway, I, I just feel like that's not the case. Now, yeah. if again, there are people who are gluten-free and they right, need that's exciting. If, if it tastes like bread and you're a person who for whatever medical reason, can't eat bread. This is exciting. Yes. Well, but they already had that. This is not for gluten-free people, right? Because, in fact, I don't know, modified wheat starch, you probably can't eat. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't say anything about being gluten-free. So I don't know. But my point is, like, if you have a dietary thing, good on you, go for it. Yeah. But if you think you're just being healthy, I don't think the bread on the subway is the thing that's going to make you healthy. Right. Right? Right. And that's just why when I was reading through the story, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, you guys, bread is not evil. We have demonized bread and don't even get me started. No, I feel bad for bread. I feel like bread is like... And I used to be that person. I used to run from bread. But I'm here to tell you, bread's fine for most people. Mm -hmm. Right. As part of a balanced breakfast. Right. Thank you. (laughs) With two glasses of orange juice, a bowl of cereal, and a big glass of milk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, you you know... I uh, the formulation includes water, resistant wheat starch, wheat protein. Yeah, so you can't, you, you could not be gluten free and eat this because wheat protein is gluten. Right. Canola oil, flax seed, cider vinegar, salt, yeast, fava bean protein, guar gum, calcium propionate, sorbic acid, enzymes, ascorbic. It doesn't sound horrible. I just think like, dude, if you're just trying to save a few calories, maybe just don't get the cheese on the subway. Right. Right. Or maybe right. just don't get or the maybe... oil and vinegar dressing on the subway. Yeah. Or like. Ask for them to not squirt the half a bottle of mayo on it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. there's options, is all I'm trying to say. Just breads. If you can eat it, eat bread. Just eat the bread. It's, it's okay. Fine. You're going to be fine. Eat, eat it's fine. Unless you can't, then don't. But just eat the bread. But just, it's fine. That's my Yeah, I do get, I do, I do feel like in the last decade, bread has gotten a real bad rap well and i think that you're right and i think that the pandemic has helped curb that a little bit because i truly believe that everybody's obsession with sourdough has tried has kind of given people the counter Mm -hmm. argument for that bread is not gonna like destroy us wholeheartedly right i think there are better breads yeah and there are worse breads and there's moderation yeah like you know going whole hog into a couple loaves is probably yeah not recommended but you know you can in one readily, sitting. it's it's much easier to get your hands on real bread these days mm-hmm. and don't be afraid of it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Don't be really afraid. If, if food frightens you and, and it's not because of an allergy or a food restriction, mm-hmm. then I'm saying this from firsthand experience. Maybe, you know, do a little Googling, talk to some people mm-hmm. because food should not scare you into not eating it. Thank you, Bradley. You're welcome. Who's your mm-hmm. D-bag? Uh, TMZ. Oh, no. Well, so, I mean, I'm for a number of reasons, but why today? I'm sitting at home yesterday, uh, taking a load off my fanny, and oh, my husband. But a British fanny? No. Okay. Uh, my rear. My husband comes running into the room and goes, 
Jer- okay, this is a true story of how this all went down at my house. Jerry Lee Lewis died, and I go, he d- did? And then I had that moment where I went, oh. wait a minute, hold on. He's still alive? Of course he he's was still, still alive. No, but like that he was still alive to die? And then my husband almost immediately said, oh, wait a minute, no, he's not dead. So TMZ reported yesterday that Jerry Lee Lewis died. I saw this. This was bizarre. It was super bizarre. So Jerry, but, but again, it was that moment for me where I was like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't, maybe, maybe I wasn't aware he was still around. It happens. Um, But he, it happens. It happens a lot to me a lot. Uh, And I'm not afraid to admit it, but here's, I think kind of what informed this. I don't know. Because Jerry Lee Lewis is alive and well in, well, and well, I'm putting in loose quotes. He's in Memphis, but apparently he did come down with the flu. Okay. And there was some concern about that because the flu and he's not, he's not a spring chicken. Um, but they did have to, his representation or his like, uh, team management team was like, uh, hold the phone. Absolutely not. Um, TMZ though reported that someone claiming to be his rep had incorrectly informed them that Jerry Lee Lewis had passed away. Uh, but his rap is like his rap, his rep, uh, told page six, quote, he's alive. TMZ reported erroneously off of a bull bleep anonymous tip. Yeah, I just I think I think what's really frustrating about this is it it just takes look, TMZ might not be credible for a number of reasons for certain things, but when it comes to stories like these, I do think that people uh take TMZ at their word and so this is like a serious blow to that credibility. Like now right. people are going to be like, well, cuz usually if it's real and it's a a celebrity death, they're on it. And yeah. This shows that they can't really be trusted with that uh, because they mm-hmm. predeceased someone. Right. And that, I mean, you know, to your point, I do know this has happened before with other celebrities because most publications have a story at the ready for somebody. Like an obituary. Yeah, yeah. an obituary uh, like for somebody at the stature of Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah, for sure. Betty White, that was the case, right? Like they have something at the ready. And so when they get the information, it's ready to go. The problem is that they didn't vet the information um, and then they went with it. And that will definitely put a little nick in their trustworthiness, right? Um, but 87-year-old Jerry Lee Lewis is alive. Uh, and it is true. He did have to cancel some shows um, or no, not shows. He had to miss his induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame because he had the flu. And so that kind of put people on h- high enough ever, alert. Yeah. Did they ever what? Well, I just wonder if they ever figured out who called in the false report. It's probably just somebody being a crank. Right. I mean, because again, his actual rep said to page six, it was they an would anonymous like do something tip. else than just run with an anonymous tip. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but they said, so TMZ said they believed that it was his rep. So whoever it was that gave him the tip said, or gave, you know, called it in, said they were his rep. The problem is they didn't, yeah, they didn't, they didn't vet the rep. It, yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, goodness gracious. I like, know. Rule number one in disaster. journalism, you got to confirm your sources. Exactly. Well done, TMZ. I mean, I don't know. 
Womp, womp. Also, Jerry Lee Lewis, still kicking. I know. So I had to then, you Great know. Great balls bar. Put that in my mind. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, still alive. Bob Barker, still, still alive. alive. Yep. Uh, anybody Pagoda, else? Not alive. Not alive. No. Wink Martindale, still, still alive. alive. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Charles Nelson Riley, not, not alive. alive. Paul Lind, not, not alive. alive. We doing anybody else? Um, Rip no. Taylor, not alive. Not alive. Uh, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, thank you, everybody. Thank Today's you. lesson is concluded. Um, I have an anti D bag. Sometimes oh, we get real heavy on the like, you know, celeb behaving badly. Here's a celebrity. I'd like to honor because they spoke truth in an area where most celebrities are lying liars. Um, And that celebrity that we will be saluting today is Jennifer Tilly. And I'll tell you why when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. You guys, I'm very excited. I actually have a positive celebrity story. Wow. We call these anti D bags, or at least that's what I call them. It's the exact opposite of a D bag. And I don't know if we have an open for that. So, yeah, let's just play it backwards, Holly. Uh, yeah, that? can you do that? No. There we go. Hit it in reverse. And it's Jennifer Tilly. So Jennifer Tilly is making the rounds because she is um, because she's affiliated with the the Chucky franchise as the Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky, I do um, remember that. Yeah, yeah I, can I be honest? I've never seen a Chucky movie. I haven't either. I've only seen like little bits and pieces. But she's you know around talking about that stuff. Um, anyway, so she recently was interviewed, and uh, in this interview, the 64-year-old actress uh, was uh, talking about how she gets herself through sex scenes. Mm. Now, I think if you are a celebrity, this is probably one of the things that they get asked about the most. Oh, right? sure, because it's nothing we can relate to, right? At all. Like, hey, you go to work tomorrow and take your clothes off and pretend to make love to a coworker. Okay, so let no me thanks. Do, so let me ask you this: in the myriad of times you've heard that question asked, how do you handle sex scenes? What do you typically hear people say? Like, well, it's you know, this is a job; it's not just uh, fun and game. Yeah, it's work. There's lots of people, you know, in your in your space. People telling you which way to, you know, move your head and how to put your hand where and it's just not as sexy as you think it is yeah is basically what people usually say so she acknowledges that she says you know the thing is all the actors say oh the kissing scenes are awful the sex scenes are so uncomfortable everyone's so uncomfortable i hate it i hate every minute of it she said but here's the secret the secret is a lot of actors like doing sex scenes or love scenes they just feel like they're supposed to say that oh it's all technical like whose nose goes where and the cameras are right in your face But she said it's an out-of-body experience because you're not yourself. You're the character that's in love with the other character. And so it's really almost like a free pass to make out with somebody that's not your boyfriend. And I'm like, thank you, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, That actually makes more sense. I I wonder if porn stars feel the same way. I can only imagine that they do, right? It's just, which begs, like, I don't know that I could do this, honestly. You know, I know I couldn't, and luckily we don't have to. What do you mean? I'm just saying, like, luckily we are in a job where oh, that is not required. Yeah, I'm not talking about porn. I'm talking about, like, the, yeah, the sex scenes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Like, 
I I don't know how. Cele- I mean, celebrity relationships have to be so bizarre in that sense. Like, bye, honey. I'll see you later. I'm going to go make out with the person I'm going to eat lunch with. Yeah, because just at I, work. I mean, because Jennifer uh, Tilly mm-hmm. um, is saying the thing, which then because I think when people say the like it's work thing, that's them just talking to their partners right. who are listening. Right. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't have any fun. It's not fun. It's far more complicated. And actually, I do believe it's probably a little bit of that as well. Like, I mean, I imagine there's nothing romantic about being surrounded by a bunch of like, you know, crew people. Right. um, And you're trying to like get in the mood for a lot of people. I'm not going to speak for everyone because I'm sure some people like it more than others. I'm sure some people actually loathe it and don't like to do it. And it's probably for a mix of reasons. I just, ugh. I just think it would be so fraught. If I were like, if I was in my twenties and single, and somebody was like, "Hey, do you want to get hot and bothered yes. with another sexy celebrity?" Sign sure. me up. Sure. But you have to kind of be in your twenties and in a frame of uh, mind slash life where you're not thinking too much. Well, you know, it's funny because the other the other piece of it that I think about is that. Um, like, I thought about this before, the same thing you said. Like, if you're young and in your 20s and you're unattached, like, yeah, that sounds great. And then remember, though, it's on, like, other, everybody, your parents are going to see it. Yeah. Like, uh, the people that you, you know, grocery shop with. Or, that would be a thing that if I were reading a script, I would be like, oh, no, no, no. I That is the thing I cannot show up for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine again, that's why I think everybody's going to come to this with like different approaches. I think, too, that you um, some people might find that to be particularly freeing. Like now mm-hmm. I don't have to like worry about what other people think because I'm just putting it all out there. Right. But yeah, I mean, for her, obviously, that's her truth. I, I bet there are a lot of actors who don't maybe feel the same way or at least are far more complicated about it. Right. I just, it was, ref- but it is refreshing. It's refreshing to hear a celebrity not feed the same line to you. I mean, like you said, Bradley, whenever I hear that, I think the same thing. Like, that's not for my benefit. That's like for their. That is the conversation when they say, oh, it's just work. That's the conversation that they need to have in their own private lives, in their own households to make, you know, everybody comfortable with what they do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't need to be comfortable with what they do for a living. No. I just also think in the year 2022, this scenario has to be far more fraught. Like, it's another reason I don't want any part of this. Meaning, oh, yeah, because Because I just think you have to overthink everything because and and here's what I also would then need to understand is, do I trust the people that I'm working for to set up a scenario that can, you know, because, again, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you you know, and this is where I think they have intimacy coordinators who come in and sort of stage direct things because. I'm thinking like I would be thinking like, is the director just trying to get me to do this because the director thinks it's a good shot? Is this something I'm comfortable with? Do I need to be comfortable with it? Am I overthinking this? What is the other person thinking? And do they have all of their needs met or Mm -hmm. are they feeling like they have to? Do you know, like all of those things would be in my head and I would just be like, (laughs) there would be nothing romantic about that. And so. You have to be a special kind of person to do this. Right. And I think it's obvious that we are not those we're special not those kind of people. I mean, I just want to do the non-sex scenes. Right. 
and then have a oh my but gosh, the same is true have a for sex like, scene double. Like <laughs> I'm sure they have those. Yeah, be like the sex scene in 1993's Demolition Man, starring oh. Sylvester Stallone oh, and Sandra Bullock. I know. Do tell. Man. Yeah, because they sit opposite each other, mm-hmm. wearing virtual reality helmets. Oh, there you so go. So that there's no touching. There you go. Oh, no touch. Especially you know post COVID. There definitely yeah. are butt doubles. We do know that. Butt doubles. Butt doubles. Butt doubles. Oh, it's like said butt doubles. Uh, well, That's I don't know. I don't mean. I was gonna say that was. I get back, Satan. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. <laughs> okay. No, they do have butt doubles. So yeah, you'd imagine they have you know sex body doubles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I I just oh, I'd be like, can I do the non-sex scenes? Please. Yeah, I'd be like, can I be the like, can I have the can I have the couch potato double? I do wonder. T- I, I imagine that um, v- uh, if you are not just sex scenes, but I'm thinking of anything that requires raw emotion. That is, I think, the thing that would be the scariest about acting, because let's say, for example, you have to fight someone. Mm-hmm. You literally have to engage actual rage, mm-hmm. I would imagine, or channel it such that it was believable on screen or wherever you're performing. And that would be very hard for me. That's the problem that I have with acting. Like, I think I could, you know, do some, like, superficial acting. Mm-hmm. But it's that, like, really going all in and, like, like let's say you have to beat the, you know, bejeebers out of somebody. Right. I don't know that I'd want to bring that emotion out to somebody I'm working right. with. Right. That's why I think some comedians make really good actors because they are really used to being vulnerable. Mm. Because in order to do comedy, you have to be pretty vulnerable. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. That's my yeah. working theory. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, I can't tell you what's happening because there's something going on with my computer. But Great. What you watching? 651 For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.